It really, truly, and absolutely does start with a bang. Welcome back to the Supernova Podcast. I'm your hostess, Lena Ski, and the world is really up for your creation, the way you want it to be. Because if we just open our eyes, and perhaps even our third eye, we'll get to see the amazing opportunities lying at our very feet, just waiting to be picked waiting to be stepped into, waiting to be met. Are you ready to meet yours? Rachel, welcome to the Supernova podcast. So great to connect with you here. I am so delighted to be here as well. This philosophy of it starts with a bang is just resonating and being thrown back in my face every minute of every day. Watching how you've blossomed in the group and how you've held this higher intention has just been amazing. And you've literally started from pretty much rock bottom and made such a big bang and brought so many things into your orbit. Can you just share a little bit about that? I, one of the things that has really, that I feel has blossomed in me is I have become much more open to possibilities. And I used to look at where I was because I still feel like I'm just starting my business. I give January 1st as my opening date. And there have been so many things to put into place, so many underground things to do, sinking my roots, really setting the foundations. But I found that I was also using I'm just starting as an excuse to not think bigger. And it was a little more comfortable that way. But at a certain point, I decided I was tired of being comfortable. So when the opportunity to contribute to the Your Divine Biz Gifts promotion came up, I looked at that and said, yes, it is time. I need to step out there and put myself in the world and reach out and start seeing what I can activate by taking action instead of doing all of this preparing. When I set up my my website, when I first came up with the idea of my business, the first thing I did was email capture. It's like, great, I set that up, but I never sent anything. I had 14 people on my mailing list. I never promoted it. I never did anything. And I said, enough's enough. It is time to get moving. But I was also very strategic about it. One of the things that I have been very aware of is balance. And when I talk about balance, I don't necessarily mean a balance sheet of this much here needs to be balanced by this much on this side. Instead, I'm talking about an organic ebb and flow and just awareness of what energy needs to go in a certain direction at a certain time and understanding that you cannot always be in flow. If you don't have that ebb and have that relaxation and have that recovery time, you're going to burn out. Mm -hmm. So as I was moving forward in action, I didn't try to do it all at once. 
I looked at here are the deadlines that I want to do the various steps in the process. Things like I had to create my free gift so that I could participate. Well, obviously that was one that had a deadline to it because I wanted that to be ready and approved when we went live on July 7th. Mm -hmm. But I did not wait until I had the gift in order to sign up for the promotion. I signed up within a couple of days of it being announced that it was open for contributors. And I planted that seed and that intention and said, yes, I am going to do this. The next step was creating the free gift and putting it out there. Then I contact, started contacting people and saying, hey, I'm actually going to be doing something with my mailing list. Contacting those 14 people who were on it, there were six other people who had said they were interested. It's like, yes, finally. But I did not set the intent to actually start mailing on a regular basis until August, a month later. Because I knew that if I said, okay, I'm going to join the, I'm going to write my free gift, I'm going to promote the giveaway, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, I'm going to start writing every single week and have all of these things and do them all like yesterday, that wasn't going to work. There was no balance. That would have been too much pushing. As it is, by putting my intentions for this is my goal for this time period, and then when it went live, I had the goal to promote it, to share it with other people. Even though I didn't have a mailing list, I'm very active on Facebook, and I love supporting people. Mm -hmm. That's that you may have noticed within the contributor group itself, one of the things that brought me great joy is helping other people with their technical problems Mm -hmm. or if they didn't understand things because I knew that Sherry and Anne were up to their eyeballs taking care of anything. So if there were anything that I could assist with and help it run more smoothly, I felt that was contributing to the promotion as well. And I loved seeing that other people were moving forward as we're also moving forward, and I saw that as part of my contribution, so I didn't need to have a list of a gazillion people in order to be part of it. Mm. Now, part of, part of the balance, I talk about doing things, I talk about reflecting and recovering, and at the beginning, I mentioned being open to possibility. And that's one of the reasons why I don't want to be constantly doing, because if I've got this exact picture that this is what it needs to be, and I have to do all of these things and to create that picture, then I lose out on serendipity. I wouldn't be doing this podcast, Mm -hmm. because this was something that came up, and it spoke to me. I was like, yes, I would love to connect with you. I would love to speak to your tribe. But if I'd been too focused on doing, I wouldn't have made that space for this to be here. Mm -hmm. I think that's one of the reasons I really like balance, because you can't plan for everything. And when when you accept that, then instead of... 
Is it okay if I go into a little bit of my background and oh, why I sure, have this philosophy? Oh, sure, absolutely, absolutely. When I was growing up, I was really smart, and I was very intuitive, which is great, except that a lot of people around me expected me to know more than I actually did. Because I understood things, people expected more of me. And because of that, because we are social creatures, we have a tendency to try to live up or down to other people's expectations. I thought I should more, know more than I actually did. So I put a lot of energy into pretending, into setting up that face of like, well, of course I know it. Uh, when I met my husband and he heard about what, how I do things and how I was so concerned about creating this image, he started calling it the myth of Rachel. It wasn't who I actually was, but it was how I was trying to present myself. And I was putting all of this energy into trying to be what other people thought I should be or what I thought they thought they should be. Um, it actually, it caused some tension in my marriage because I couldn't figure out who my husband wanted me to be and how was I supposed to be the person that he wanted me to be if he didn't give me any clues. So obviously he was testing me and well, eventually I discovered he loves me because I am me and who I am. And that was a totally foreign concept to me. And it took a while for me to get used to that. But bringing it back to how this affected how I see things now, I think it really had an impact on my faith. I thought I had to control my world. I thought I had to orchestrate everything, whether it was how people responded to me, what situations came up. I had to be in control. Now, to clarify, what I mean is I had to feel like I was in control, which meant I had to control everybody around me, which led to a lot of manipulation. Mm-hmm which led to additional feelings of being disconnected. I wasn't allowing myself to be vulnerable. I wasn't allowing myself to be me. And that meant I wasn't allowing other people to be themselves because I was afraid. I mean, people weren't human beings. I saw them as monsters to be placated because otherwise, if they didn't like me, then part of me would cease to exist. Mm. And that is a really scary place to be operating from. For sure. Over the years... And I am so forever grateful for my husband coming into my life because he's been such a support in this. I've learned that if I don't put all of my energy into trying to hold it all together, oddly enough, a lot of times it doesn't fall apart. 
And it took years of practice and experimentation and, well, let me test it in this small, safe area and see, hey, it didn't fall apart there either. So Amazing, learned, isn't it? Yeah, it is. <laughs> it was like, whoa, that was shocking. It actually worked. Okay. So once I started to learn how to let go, go of feeling like I needed to control and put more energy into accepting, then my awareness that life is uncertain shifted. Because before, I was afraid of it, of it being uncertain. I had to be certain. Now, I was starting to get excited about the idea. I don't know what's coming up next. I have something I call a serendipitous garden. And what I did is I set aside a small, just a, a small little planter. And I put random seeds in there that had been given me or I got at the dollar store. And I just watered and I had no idea what would come up. And I just kept watering and nurturing and little, little leaves would come out. And then I got flowers. I was like, wow, I had no idea <laughs> that would come out. Wow. And that's become something of a metaphor for my life, where I am now, um, I, I am, I'm excited about what I don't know. Hmm. I am curious, but I have faith that if I keep focusing on the process, do that watering, nurture those feelings, take the actions that I know will move me forward, then opportunities tend to bloom. And it's a matter of being aware and being willing to accept them. That is so very true. I mean, we, we hold ourselves back from so many different opportunities just by our fear of of the unknown and one of the experiences that I had was before I kind of stepped into the supernova space was thinking that I was safe because of course yes we were all in our little comfort zones back then mm -hmm. and but things weren't really working out in this comfort zone even though I felt safe and like the money wasn't coming and this wasn't coming and you know it, it wasn't as beautiful or as comforting as it should be and one of the things I realized in that was I was holding on to the idea of perceived safety rather than what will actually make me safe, which is thriving and putting myself out there and being in a space where I can actually contribute to the world and having that interaction. But that meant stepping out. So I think that what you're also saying is that there's this huge balance between the two and the magic really does happen on the other side in those moments of serendipity, in those moments of innovation, and in those moments of just allowing something to unfold because you never know what's going to be coming around the corner. It's in those spaces that the universe can actually touch you and meet you and help you manifest the things that you really need. Oh, yes. See, I... People talk about the law of attraction Mm -hmm. where if you 
resonate or live at a certain frequency, you can bring things to you that are good and manifest. And that's not really how I see things. Because I believe that we are surrounded by infinite abundance all the time. And it's a matter of becoming aware of it, mm-hmm. of really being able to recognize the opportunities. And so the mindset isn't bringing things to you. It's just all of a sudden you look around and go, oh, this is great. There's all this stuff here. And I also believe because the universe is infinite, it'll be there when you're ready. Mm -hmm. It's not like it goes away. And as I have been, I guess, up-leveling, I've been doing it in a series of successive approximations where I can see this opportunity coming up and it doesn't quite happen the way that I expected or want or something, or it falls through or I second guess myself. Mm-hmm. In the past, I would have felt really bad and I would have thought, oh, I blew it or I missed the opportunity or whatever that negative self-talk would be. But what I've discovered now is when something like that comes up, my response is, oh, this is great. I almost had it this time. That means that the next time the universe presents that type of opportunity, I'm going to be ready for it. Mm-hmm. And exactly, and you're already learning from that process. Or, yes. on, or on the other extreme, it may not be exactly what you need right now. It may be that mm-hmm. you need to, a huge opportunity comes, like, say, a Divine Biz Giveaway or something bigger than that, and you're like, I want to meet that, but... I have to meet 10 things before I can meet that. So now I'm aware of what I need to do to be able to connect with that and step into that frequency. Yeah. Whatever the next step happens to be. Mm -hmm. There have been times, and they seem to be happening more frequently, that I get a really strong urge to accept an opportunity. And I have all of these great visions and ideas of what it's going to be, what it's going to do for me, what I'm going to do for it, and everything is going to be wonderful, and it ends up being completely different from what I thought it was going to be. However, it turns out to be exactly what I needed. Mm -hmm. And I think it's so important to be able to let go of the vision because it will make it more difficult to truly feel and be grateful for the experience that has been given. No, I think, I mean, because in that vision, we've got all these expectations built into it and we limit the way we see it and we make it a linear process rather than that organic ebb and flow where you're moving from innovation and structure and all those different elements. And and it really becomes limiting. Mm -hmm. And it also speaks into the power of the intention. Like, what is it that you really wanted to get out of this experience? Because you're meeting that, and the way you wanted it to happen may or may not lead to that path. Yeah, it's like I had one, uh, one opportunity recently where I thought that the purpose of my going through it 
would be to build my career and make connections and meet up with all sorts of famous people and things like that. It turns out that the reason I was there was to connect with some individuals, but it was also to learn how to carry my grace with me because I live on the mountaintop. I mean, literally, I live in Southern California at 7,000 feet. I mean, it's a couple kilometers up, uh-huh. and it's beautiful. I'm surrounded by national forest, but it's a lot easier to be spiritual and centered and connected when you're surrounded by nature instead of freeways. Oh, of course. So what this opportunity gave me was I strengthened my core connection with source, showing that, yes, I can do this when I'm in a very stressful, difficult urban situation, and that by doing so, I can be a beacon for others as well. And that is what I got out of the experience. Wow, that's really profound. And what I love about that is just your dedication to your purpose and to really constantly step into who you are and what you want to do in this world because it's so much easier just to create a problem around it or to jump back into that comfort zone and limit ourselves rather, as you say, allow the invitation to unfold. Mm-hmm. And it, it takes practice. It's not like I woke up this morning and, sa- uh, and said, hey, I'm going to be enlightened and I'm going to do everything that, that is in the highest good for everybody. Yeah, this is like years I've been working on. Oh, of course. And the, the reason I say that is not to, um, it's not to limit, but to release expectations that it's supposed to be overnight. Mm-hmm. I I had a discussion, I've, I've had this discussion with several people when I talk about the fact that I feel like I'm just starting because I know I'm just starting. Mm-hmm. And what it is, is the difference between being open to possibility and thinking that I should be further along than I am. Mm-hmm. Because when I compare myself to others, it's really easy to say, oh, well, they're this far along here. They're making so much money. They have so many clients. They've got such a big mailing list. They've got all this stuff in place. And sometimes they've been working on their business a lot longer than I have. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they've been working on it less, but those happen to be areas that they're already skilled in. The conversation keeps coming back to releasing expectations Mm -hmm. and just being in the here and now and looking at what's next. And even in that, there's a degree of discounting that needs to happen because you you can't discount where you've started from and the process Mm -hmm. of the work that you've already done. Even though you are literally starting, you're already ahead of the game where somebody else hasn't been engaging with their mailing list. So you're... You're constantly one-upping yourself in that process. And as those effects snowboard and start to build on each other, then you can only really start seeing the bigger thing. And very often, nobody really knows where this big snowball is going to end up. 
but as mm. we keep growing it and fueling it and taking those opportunities that come up and obviously discarding the ones that, that aren't in alignment with that, that's where things really happen and that's when you can really speak from a space of authority in, in your space. Yes, and I I have to admit I do not yet consider myself an authority in making lots and lots of money. But, but there's an area I'm, where you are an authority. Yeah, but I yeah I do believe I'm an expert in perspective, hmm. how we look at the world and how the way that we look at the world impacts not just our experience but our opportunities. All the things that I've been talking about have to do with how you look at things. What is the meaning that you attach to them? What is the meaning that you release? That you say, no, I don't want it to mean that. There was actually something else I wanted to say, and, and I've completely forgotten what it was. So. <laughs> it I'm sure if it were, if it's important, it will come up again. It, it'll come up. But it, but it also just echoes your statement that you made um, when we were talking earlier, that there's no such things as problems. And if we anchor it in that perspective, then it's really ours to create. It is. I went, The idea that there is no such thing as a problem really appeals to me mm-hmm. because it releases tension. Before I got into life coaching, I did website design. And I knew enough about it to be dangerous. But the technology was increasing at such a rate it was very difficult to keep up with it. Mm-hmm. What I noticed is that what was made it even more difficult to keep up with the technology is my thoughts about what it was. For some reason, there was something in the back of my head that thought it was really hard to learn stuff. Well, I have a bunch of evidence to show that that's not true. I can learn things. Mm. But I would look at, oh my goodness, I don't know how to do parallax uh, on my site and I want to do this. And there was so much of my thought and my energy on the hamster wheel saying, I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to do this. I can't learn this. It took away my focus from just learning it finding a tutorial and going through it. We're just handing over our power and we're not even seeing the reality of the situation. Everything becomes these morphed monsters and these oversized things and just unearthly creatures. And when you actually look at you know what it is or it's just a couple steps on a tutorial, that's so freeing and that's so liberating. It is. Because so much is the stories we put on it. Um, I look at it in terms of efficacy. What is efficient? What is elegant? Not, is this right or wrong? But how quickly and easily does it move you where you want to go? Because when you look at, am I doing the right thing? If you're looking at it as a problem that you have to solve, that you have to get rid of, and it's very confrontational and it's very 
exclusive. There are only a certain number of ways that you can approach it. Yeah, you could probably find a way of getting through it. But I really like the idea of elegance. Mm. I like the idea of doing something in a way that has multiple benefits. There was a, a book that I read many, many years ago. It's called The Forgotten Beasts of Eld. Oh, dear. I'm sorry. I'm gonna, I, I don't think it's in print anymore because I'm <laughs> going to give a spoiler. The, mm -hmm. And it's a, it's a fantasy story, and this woman collects these magical, fantastical creatures, and she has this goal where she desperately wants to find this rare, beautiful bird who's just amazing, and, and she's tracked it all her life. And at the same time, she can feel there's this monster that's tracking her. And at the end, we discover she stops and turns and faces that monster. And at the point that she reaches out to it, it becomes the bird she has been following all along. That is such a powerful metaphor. There are so many problems, so many things that we have defined as a problem that are really the jewel that we are meant to find. The obstacle is the path. How we approach these things that we have defined as in our way is what creates our character. How will you approach that? How will you seek the gift? Because every problem is a gift. How will you unwrap it? How will you cherish what you are meant to learn from this? How will this feed your strength as you move forward so that you have more tools, more options, a more expanded way of looking at the world, which increases the possibilities as you move forward in your life? It's not a problem. It's a gift. I love the way you say that. That is just... You've just given me goosebumps, especially with you say the obstacle is the path, because we, we as you're saying with the bird story, we, we're running away from these monsters and we don't see that our stories is our path and it is our purpose. And when we face it and when we own it and when we give power back to it, it's really transformational. And even with like Divine Biz Giveaway, somebody else could have seen it as too much work, too much gremlins too many things that they need to overcome meanwhile that is or too part. scary or too scary <laughs> sure i mean you have to put yourself out there you have to do a free gift there's so I many mean, different what happens if somebody actually up. signs up for your list that would be terrible oh of course then you have to do something with them exactly. ah, and what if they don't like you and worth and you know all these mm -hmm. things come up and i think especially for purpose-centered entrepreneurs and spiritual entrepreneurs we're, we're even though we're all working through that we're so much more aware of it and we're so that wound's so much more open for us so people can poke and prod at it a lot easier mm -hmm. oh you know that's it feels that, that way it feels that way that that's the way yeah. we hold it um and meanwhile you know when we step into that vulnerability people don't poke and prod people just hold you and cherish you and 
and just give you the space to be you. Yes. Yeah, life is pretty awesome if you allow it to be. Oh, of course. Definitely. Are you familiar with the story of three blind men and the elephant? No, I'm not. Do tell. Essentially, you have three blind men coming up to an elephant, mm -hmm. and one of them grabs the the trunk and says, "Ah, an elephant is like a snake." And someone grabs the tail and says, "No, it's it's more like a rope." And someone walks right up to it and says, "No, elephants are like walls." Mm. And the thing is, none of them are particularly wrong. But they don't, they can't really picture what an elephant is based on their small amount of experience. And I believe that life is the same way. There is no way that human beings are equipped to truly understand reality. We just, there's way too much out there for us to know. Mm -hmm. We can't take it all in. Therefore, the next step is, how do you choose to interpret the information that you get in the most effective way possible? Does it move you forward where you want to go? Does it make you happy? Does it help your connections with other people? Does it build your relationships? Does it bring more light into the world? If you look at a situation and ask how your perspective can be shifted in order to serve greater qualities, it doesn't matter what's right. I don't believe we can know, quote unquote, what's right or what's the truth, other than does it feel good? Does it, like I said, does it move you closer to where you want to go? If it closes you down, now here's something else that's important. If your perspective is constricting and closing you down, that is not bad. It is an indication that there is some part of you which does not feel safe. Therefore, the back to looking at efficiency, the most efficient response is to be gentle, mm -hmm. is to ask that part of yourself, what can I do to help you feel safe? What are you afraid of? How can I love you and make you part of this, help you be part of this process? Because we're made, we're, our inner life is kind of like a committee. There are a whole bunch of us's inside there mm -hmm. that developed over the years based, it's almost like they were split off at certain times. A lot of the things that we see in the world and our perspectives were formed when we were little kids based upon how little kids see the world and their understanding that if they do not keep their parents happy, they will die. So when you run into a situation where your adult brain is saying, this is ridiculous, I should be able to just do this, why do I keep sabotaging myself? That's not sabotage. That is an attempt for a little kid to try to stay alive. And how do you deal with a frightened two-year-old? You don't try to push them. You don't try to make them suck it up and do it anyway. You love them. 
and you hold them and you ask them, what's wrong? What can I do to help? Mm -hmm. And at that point that they take your hand and they trust you, then you can move forward. When I talk about the ebb and flow and push and recovery, one of the things I've found over the past year is I would step into something really big. I would take that opportunity. I would put myself out there, and then I'd spend three days playing solitaire on the computer completely freaking out. <laughs> we all have those moments. Yes. And looking at that and thinking, okay, maybe solitaire isn't the most efficient way of processing this, but I recognized that there were a whole bunch of little kids inside me getting totally freaked out mm -hmm. and that they needed time and space to come join me. And to and assimilate needed... what was happening. Exactly. And if I had kept pushing and pushing, I would have burned out. If I had beat myself up for not being more productive or not just going through it, I would have burnt myself out. I would have been fighting myself. Whereas by giving myself the space and saying, yeah, kind of freaking out, that's okay, it happens. It will be okay. It is okay. Mm -hmm. And I found it helped giving myself uh, bracketed time periods of wallowing. That was That was good. I would say, okay, I'm going to really immerse myself in this wallow and really feel it and feel sorry for myself and, oh, my God, it's terrible for, let's see, um, until 6 o'clock and then I'll get on with my life. Mm -hmm. Okay. That gave me what I needed so that at that point that I had designated to move forward, I felt calmer, I felt more focused, I felt more confident and more joyful. It's like, yes, I can do this. This is the right path. This is where I want to go. Mm. And I just want to speak into that wallowing piece because I think it's so important because in that wallowing, you're getting to really see what's coming up for you. What, what's oh, really yes. designing this? Is this really about this thing or is it a fear or a belief that's coming up? And yes, it's scary to face that, but at least you're able to to come into that space and own it. And then from there, you know, when your adult comes into the room, you're now able to know what you're dealing with because otherwise it's just going to be at one big tantrum. Yeah. And it's, we're so afraid of feeling. And I think it comes back down to the control thing because you can't control your feelings. You can suppress them. You can squish them. You can try to wrap them in duct tape. But that's not control. That's just fighting. And that's scary. Hmm. Or it can be scary. It doesn't have to be. It can just be. No, I love that. And when I when I started this coaching journey and and got into that space of just being in the feeling. And really, <laughs> just being in the feeling yeah. where it almost really overwhelms you and you, you do want to kind of shy away. But you, when you're really in that space and you're like, wow, this is really what's going on. 
it's, it's such a profound space to be in and that's where you can really connect with that inner child and that's where you can really shift things on a number of levels and I was chatting the other day to, to a friend of mine and they came they were asking me about this whole thing of like, you're constantly talking about making a bang and it sounds so traumatic and so big and <laughs> bold all the time. I'm like, yeah. well, it, you know, it's, there, there are moments where, yes, you, you, you launch a website, you do this, you do this. And those are big bangs. Those are big moments of putting yourself out there. But there's so many small, intimate ways that you show up that even a pin drop, even just feeling that emotion really, really is a bang because you're getting to ignite something in you. It doesn't need to be a bursting thing. It's also an ignition. Yeah. I also like the awareness. I think it was Carl Sagan who pointed out, we are all made of the same materials as stars. I love that quote. So I'm supernova is big and explosive and it's igniting and those are also they're the stories that we put out that big and explosive is scary mm -hmm. or it can be and it's also it's exuberant it's fun it's exciting it's zip lining it's uh parasailing it's flying Mm -hmm. And those are things that are can be big and explosive and exhilarating. And that is the feeling that I love about it. The other thing I love about supernovas is the fact that they incorporate rebirth. That mm -hmm. there is a there's a death it's a death of a star. But it shows that's not the end. And sometimes we need to let go of who we have been in order to become who we are meant to be. Exactly. And we need to go through that process. Uh, it's the caterpillar to butterfly. Mm -hmm. And then we can become so much more. And that's exactly where the invitation continues. Head on over to www.lenaski.com to claim greatness and to ignite authentic experiences. Till next week.